who is the most underrated actor of all time? It's Dolph Lundgren. Correct. Why? Well, because of his uh, spiky hair and yep. his ice-cold demeanor and his big muscles. Absolutely. I must break you. My name is Sergeant Andrew Scott. Come on, guys, don't do this. If I don't get breakfast, I get real grumpy. I don't think you like me grumpy. And you go in pieces, asshole. Let's kick some ass. Hello and welcome back to I Must Break, this podcast, the fan podcast celebrating the cinematic career of action legend Dolph Lundgren. I'm your host, Sean, and today is another special interview episode, this time once again speaking with actor, writer, director, and martial artist Michael Wirth. But before we get to the conversation, I want to remind you all to please feel free to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever else you go to subscribe. Also, please be sure to check out the Facebook page for the show, as well as the official website, which is imustbreakthispodcast.wordpress.com. So, with that out of the way, now on to the conversation. Recently, I had the immense privilege of welcoming Michael Wirth back to the show to discuss his upcoming film, Wanted Man. Now, in the early days of this podcast, I had the pleasure of chatting with Michael Wirth, and in that conversation, Wirth and I chatted about a pet project that he's been writing alongside Dolph Lundgren called Wanted Man. At the time, the film had been going through dozens of rewrites, and it was still unclear if whether or not this project was ever going to see the light of day. But now, four years later, Wanted Man was not only finally able to get off the ground, but is actually gearing up for release on January 19th, courtesy of Quiver Entertainment. In this tribute to Clint Eastwood's action classic The Gauntlet, Dolph plays Travis Johansson, a police officer tasked with escorting a valuable witness across the border. Yet this assignment won't be easy, as Johansson discovers that there are members on both sides of the law who will stop at nothing to ensure that Johansson and his witness Stay in Mexico. You have to save yours and our reputation. The DEA murders in Silverado. Remember that? Yeah, two undercover agents killed in a drug buy. We're DEA! I got the marshals to agree to send you down and bring those two witnesses back here. Sometimes I mess around with movie lines. You looking at me? Mm-hmm. Somebody else around here? Algun problema? Let a doctor fix you up the right way. <sighs> this is my brother. He's dangerous. The longer we're here, the more danger for your family. Johansson has a few lives left. He's a strong one. She can help solve who killed those DEA agents. In America, we can protect you. You can! Te van a encontrar, Rosa. Te van a matar, vas a que te maten nomás. 
saw what happened that night and they know it. So who do you know that you trust that you can call? So many questions, my friend. If you want to fight with the wolves, you got to be a wolf. In this conversation, Michael Worth and I chat Wanted Man and its lengthy road through the script writing process, as well as the trials both Worth and Lundgren endured to see Wanted Man finally get rolling before cameras. As usual, it was the ultimate pleasure chatting with this talent in the independent film world. Michael Worth has a true passion for action cinema, not to mention being a fan at heart. Please be sure to check out Wanted Man, which will be released on January 19th from Quiver Entertainment. Also, be on the lookout for his documentary, Enter the Clones of Bruce, which examines the many actors who participated in the Bruce exploitation genre of kung fu films. So, with that being said, here is my second conversation with Michael Worth on I Must Break This Podcast. Well, again, thank you so much for uh, uh, chatting with me again today. I mean, this is this is pretty uh, serendipitous and coincidental. I just have to tell you because just last week I actually gave uh, U.S. Seals two a rewatch, and <laughs> and and here I am talking to you today. So this is quite the honor. Thank you. Yeah, sure. I think uh, was I. Let me. I think it was. I might have met Dolph the very first time, really briefly, through Isaac, who directed uh, U.S. Seals Two. I, I'm pretty sure they did a movie. I think Bridge of Dragons, I think it was called. And yeah, and yeah. I think I met him real briefly, but then then I, I met him again later when we started working together. Well, last we spoke, I mean, this is really kind of cool because last we spoke, it was in. I had to go back a bit, but it was in 2019. You were prepping the release of uh, of Appleseed, and uh, All I, right. I think it's safe. Yeah, and I, I think it's safe to say quite a bit has uh, happened since then, right? Uh, c- congratulations yeah, on on yeah, everything, man. Thank you, thank you. Actually, it's funny. Appleseed is just about to get a, the release date announced for its Blu-ray release. They're doing a, like a special edition of it on Blu-ray, so that's coming out. But uh, thanks, yeah, no, thanks. Thanks. It's been a, it's been a fun couple of years. It's a little different, you know. I mean, I'm working sort of uh, a little more on the uh, the documentary side lately than kind of producing and and shooting these documentaries and uh, less than I've been doing some of the, the narrative stuff, except for with Dolph, you know? And so it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. It's different. I like it. Well, yeah. Speaking of different, I mean, th- that's what I have to say after watching these films. Okay. So I watched Appleseed when, uh, when that came out and then U.S. Steels too. And it's really amazing. I have to give you major props actually, because it's really kind of cool watching someone straddle multiple genres. And I think, I mean, is it safe to say, it seems like that's what many actors, especially those, of the action genre hope to do is, you know, not necessarily be typecast in one genre, but successfully navigate multiple genres. And you seem, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you seem to have made, uh, what was it around the early two thousands, you made a conscious effort to move out of the action genre and really diversify yourself. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it, initially, that was the idea. Initially what was happening was I was getting these 
same at that, especially at that time, there was a lot of the same scripts that kept coming my way. And I was like, you know, I think actors need to, you know, they need to oftentimes, unless they're, you know, Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise, they just kind of, you need to take what gets thrown your way. But it was, I was really seeing a pattern with the, especially back then with, with people that were martial artists, because you, you, I, there was a real dearth of well-made action films then i think today it's a you know here we are you know 20 years later and it's it's you know even more so and it's even much 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 better um but first yeah it was i was moving away from the action and then ultimately i started including the action again but i was looking for more oblique kind of action films whether it was like some you know uh, i shot a jabberwock with uh steve monroe out in in uh, uh bulgaria you know again once again bulgaria uh, you know, but it was like an old sword and sorcery kind of fight scenes with, you know, dragons. So I would do stuff like that or I, you know, shot the, my film, The Butterfly Guard, where, which wasn't a lot of fight scenes. It was all unchoreographed. You know, we're actually when we're sparring, we're sparring when we're wrestling and grappling or, you know, so there was I kept the action in my life since it was such a part of my own life. Um, but uh, yeah, 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 I did. I made that that effort for sure. Well, speaking of action, I mean, that's an excellent segue, okay, because I really, really want to talk to you about Wanted Man. I mean, okay, here you are, back in the action genre. I am, I am so psyched to see this film. I mean, and you, of all people, have to be extremely excited to finally see it happening. I mean, you and Dolph, man, you guys have been working on this film for just shy of, like, what, 15 years, is that right? Yeah, pretty, pretty close. I mean, it goes to show. Sometimes you think, oh, well, you know, if you're not getting a movie made, it's probably because you just you, know, you don't have any contacts. But between Dolph and I, the amount of contacts we have was pretty big. And, uh, yeah, it took a while. It definitely took a while. Well, that's what's truly amazing, I think, as, I mean, you always hear about all of these various unfinished films that are in Hollywood, right? From amazing yeah. scripts that just can't find the funding or, or films that do start funding, but then the plug gets pulled. But I mean, it seems like, okay, yeah, after a very long, arduous journey, we can say that uh, Wanted Man is finally here. Um, it actually got a release date. It's going to be coming out uh, January 19th, courtesy of Quiver Entertainment. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, good, good, good month, right? A couple, a couple days after my birthday, I think, or a few days after, anyway. Oh, there's the ultimate present for you, right? Like there you, you know. go. Yeah. Well, what was it? I mean, because yeah, I mean, you and Dolph have been working on this this script, um, and I, I'll ask you about the genesis of it here in a minute. But I'm just kind of curious, what was it that finally lit the spark to get it made okay i mean because like i said you you guys i mean i remember when we were talking you guys have been working on it for a while and uh you, you had i think we, yeah that was around 2019 you had gotten wind that uh it was finally going to get happening and then this past year it finally did what was was did you just get well, in touch with the, the right the right people or what yeah, I mean, it, it. you know, at first it's when you're writing, you're you're still trying to find what story you want to tell. And then once you get that, then you're kind of pa passing it around and people get a hold of it. And at the time when we first started, you know, they uh, there was different re reactions to it. And, and then Dolph and I, we would go, OK, let's take this back to this, back to this. And I go back and I go write it again and bring it back and we discuss. And and so that's a long process. But eventually you get to the point where you're like, okay, we're feeling pretty solid about it. And then you got to start going to production companies and trying to, to get it off, the, you know, get it greenlit. And um, that did happen with one company, but then it came, this was, I think we took it to Cannes, or it was taken to Cannes, I should say. And then, um, but they came back and I wasn't privy into these meetings, but they basically, Dolph had said that they were not 
you know, coming up with the things he needed to make it, you know, it wasn't like some weird demand or anything. It was just in terms of the, the ability to be involved in the edit and stuff that he really wanted that was kind of being cut from him. So we pulled it back and, and we kind of had to wade through COVID and, and all that brought until, um, you know, after he was getting ready to go, I think he was getting ready to do the expendables and he was out there talking to Avi and all the guys out there at the, you know, um, millennium and, um, getting it, uh, getting them uh, excited about it. Well, yeah, I was, I was hoping, you know, you might be able to kind of go back and walk me through the, the genesis of this project, particularly sure. how it was that you first got in touch with Dolph Lundgren and started writing this film. Well, when I, when I first, it was actually meant to be a film that a friend of mine, Stephen Arvin Rowe, who's a, a director, um, Stephen did, um, I did a number of movies with Stephen, like The Contract, we did Jabberwock, um, Complacent. Uh, we've done a number of films together. He did the remake of I Spit on Your Grave. <clears throat> Anyways, I was shooting his movie. We were shooting a film for uh, Stephen J. Cannell called um, Left in Darkness, I think it was called. And uh, I had a part in it. And so he brought Dolph over because he wanted Stephen to direct this film that he had this idea for. It was at that time more of a Western, just like a traditional Western. And Stephen said, well, let's come meet Michael. He's an actor and writer, friend of mine. And he said, sure. So I met him on the set of uh, Left in Darkness in downtown LA. And and after that, um, probably didn't pick it up. I was sending him some notes here and there, et cetera. And then it sort of morphed more into a, a modern day idea where he was going, wanting to go with the gauntlet. And, um, Finally, he just kind of came up with the idea. He wanted to just direct it himself. Like it, pretty early on, was something he had decided. You know, he wanted to tackle it, and so that was how we started. And we started writing this story that was very much based on the Clint Eastwood movie in in, in tone. You know, and we wanted to give him a character where he was a little of that sort of cantankerous, it, it, more like Eastwood maybe in um, you know Gran Torino or something. You know, where he's he's a little he's not the best character in the world, but it gives him somewhere to go. And so it was pretty fun because, I mean, he really was willing to kind of go for it. And um, so we had a script for a number of years that dealt with this character that he was playing, this character of Johansson, and, and this female that he goes, like a, much like Sandra Locke played in The Gauntlet, where he goes to get this, you know, hooker and bring her, but in this case, bring her across the border, Mexico, uh, the Mexico border. Um, and then I would say after about three, four years, maybe with this idea, he came up with this, we were, I don't remember where we were, one of his, we were sitting in one of his hotels that he was staying at. And he, he said, I got an idea. And I said, what is it? He goes, I want to make the character, let's go, what if we went transgendered? And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding? You want to do it? He was like, I don't know. I think it'd be a pretty great. I goes, well, yeah, I mean, it'd be like amazing. He's like, what's that movie? And I go, the crying game. He's like, yeah, I like that. So this was like really early on before it was even a topic anywhere. So, I ended up writing a couple of drafts with this character in there and uh, we really liked it. I mean, it was cause it was taking this bigoted sort of semi not racist cop, but just like a real sort of myopic, you know, looking character who's just grumbling at everything who gets stuck in a situation with a transgendered Lat Latina, you know, in, in Mexico trying to get back to San Diego. And I thought it was great. And there were times where we even took it into real heavy comedy I mean, we. I, I, in fact, I, I want to say I've never in my life written more different drafts of a script than I did Wanted Man. I have probably six or seven scripts that are so different they could almost be entirely different movies with a just a similar character and a premise of going across the border. There's a, a point actually where he thought 
he was about to do a movie, I think, with Cuba Gooding Jr. And he said before they did it, he said, let's maybe we do a buddy cop movie where I'm a cop and I go with an FBI agent and we go out there and we get this this character together. And we bring it. So I've, I've got a couple versions where it's him in a buddy cop movie with another character that bring you know, so but even at one point it was a super, super slicked out action film where it had these wild assassins chasing him through and, you know, some crazy stuff. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's really, really, really gone through a lot of, I mean, I don't think I've, I've, I know for a fact, I've never put as much effort into a script in my, my life. And in terms of it's just in its evolution, you know? Well, that's an excellent segue. That was my next question. I was curious about is, yeah, I mean, okay, this, this one film here, um, has gone through, I mean, you just said it, tons of drafts. I know uh, you mentioned that uh, you guys were hyping up a romance angle at one time. And then, yeah, the transgender character that, uh, that that was included. I guess which draft of the finished film would you say that uh, that the product that we're going to be seeing here in a month is closest to? So it's very ironic because, you know, you go through all of that, and this is very typical Hollywood, right? So when we started, when when I knew we were getting pushed into production, at that point, the script that I had done for him was was still this character of this transgendered character that he goes over with and, and forms this relation. The relationship is very underscored, but it's just like he gets very close to this person, you know, through the course of the story. But it was just sort of an organic thing to 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 really write some great drama from it was non non comedic. It had gotten the tone had gone back into this very um more somberish, back to the gauntlet sort of idea, more indie. And uh, they, um, by the time from, let's this is how this works, right, as the writer. I, Dolph called me up and said, we're going to be shooting, I guess, next month. So this is about two months later. And, I, and uh, you know, I was arranging my travel to go out there. Just, you know, writers, they don't always let writers on the set because sometimes once the script's done, but oftentimes they do like to have them around in case something needs to be changed and and um, so I got there, and by the time I got there and grabbed the script, they had literally converted back to the original idea with the female. And I had no idea. I said, oh, my God, what happened? I came, I was getting ready to come out here with this, find out who this transgendered actress that you hired is. And he goes, yeah, well, they just felt that it was a little too risky, so they wanted to kind of go with the, the original dynamic. So they basically, like, plucked all the, the original stuff from some of the original drafts and, and went from there. So, I mean, it's, it was a little disorienting as the writer, because, but at that point I'd written so many drafts. I'm like, okay, here we go again. We're all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly had to be quite the experience. I mean, obviously, finally seeing this film get off the ground, in which you get to be both behind the scenes as well as act in the film. I mean, you also have a role in the film, right? Alongside. Oh, no, it's a, it's a, I just do a little cameo in the film. They, I was there okay. shooting and there was a, a border guard character and I ended up jumping in and saying, ah, and Dolph's like, come on, get in there. So I ended up taking this little, but yeah, I was, I just was there to kind of help out and I'm driving some stunt trucks a couple of times because I was getting, you know, as a writer, you get a little bored on the set sometimes. So I'm like, hey, what can I do? Can I drive that, uh, <laughs> the cop car through the scene? And they're like, yeah. So, um, but it was just great to hang out. Michael Perret and Kelsey Grammer were just awesome, and and having a chance to to uh, you know work with them a little bit was really good. Okay, so we won't get to see you throw a roundhouse kick to uh, Kelsey Grammer or anything. No, like that, not right? in this no. one. Not in this <laughs> one. That would been that would have been awesome. <laughs> well, from what I've seen in terms of uh, the behind the scenes pictures, the uh, the trailer that uh, that was dropped. I mean, this film looks to be extremely gritty, violent, action packed pretty much basically exactly what fans always wanted, right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, he's, he's you know, he got in there. It's also really 
smart, like, he, he's not one that just goes, yeah, what sounds good? What sounds good? Okay, we're going to go with it. I mean, he, like, thinks things through. I've, like, seen him mathematically try to add things up to try to, well, if we did this, if this, you know. So he's got a real great mind that way. So it was, it, you know, I think the direction he took this in will it'll suit his fans for sure because it it keeps a little bit of the, the fun of Dolph's films, but it, it keeps it in that dark you know, space that sometimes he gets to work. And I think this character is something I really haven't seen him do. You know, he plays the big lumber guy or he, he plays sort of the slick guy. And here he's sort of, he's playing a character that's a little, uh, a little aloof, a little bit like, boy, this guy is kind of a loser, you know, and it's, it's great to watch him play that vulnerability into this, uh, into this character. Well, and I've heard from others that Dolph is a fantastic director as well. I mean, can you attest to what it's like being on set in which, he's not just the lead, but also calling the shots. I mean, I've heard that he has an extremely clear vision for like how he wants everything presented. Is, is, is that a, is that an accurate statement? Yeah, I would say so. And I think he's also very open to, you know, ideas when we, we play back scenes, he's very like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And so he factors in people's ideas and takes and viewpoints. And I think that's always smart to be as a director because, I mean, even though you need a strong vision, you need to have your your um, idea. If it, that idea you have inside your own brain is not translating through to other people, you know, you, you got to be able to quickly adjust. And I think he's that way. And I, I think he loves the idea of just having this um, energetic um, camaraderie with the actors that I think he went for. And, and being an actor, you know, it's easy for him to have an understanding of the comfort level of different actors. So, um, yeah, no, I'm just great. I mean, I'd like to spend a little more. I was, you know, I was with him for just a couple of weeks on the set of this movie. And it was the only time I was, he did a film, um, a missionary man that I wasn't able to, I was, you know, invited me down to set for a little while, but I just didn't get a chance to go. So I finally got a chance to see him direct and it was our film. So that was kind of nice. Well, and I always felt, I think like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong with this, but it seems like Lundgren kind of has an advantage or a leg up when it comes to, uh, directing these type of films because I mean he's existed I mean his career has existed in both big budget blockbuster films and also these smaller independent films so I'd like to think that when he comes on set to something like this he really knows how to maximize what he's working with in both uh in terms of budget shooting days all that stuff right yeah no I mean he's his experience is pretty pretty great and he's not stuck like you said and and sort of the because there is there's two different levels you know you've got your studios where it's like you, you just don't even you, know, you don't even know how the money is even where it's coming from it's just flowing and flowing and there's you know uh, 50 trucks and you know hundreds of people on the set and then you got these indie films where you can sometimes walk around with you know 15 people as as the cast and crew and and so he's got a really good experience level with both he's gone down into the trenches and done some of the smaller films to try something new and play around. And then he's been lucky enough to go, you know, get, go back and forth. There used to be a little bit of a stigma where if you had done the big studio films, he did a little independent. It was like, Oh, you're done. That means you're done. But you know, it's, it's not the case anymore. And he certainly is a great example of somebody who's always gone back and forth. So, I mean, are you at Liberty to talk about, I mean, what's next for you? I mean, obviously you have this, this, this labor of love, Okay, <laughs> you've been working on for well over a decade that's finally going to be coming out. But um, you seem like a guy that always has a few projects percolating, especially your love of the of the Bruce exploitation genre. Are you at liberty to discuss what uh, what else you're working on at the moment? Well, the immediate, yeah, the immediate stuff coming up is the the one you were mentioning just now. The documentary is um, 
uh, that's touring right now, a bunch of film festivals called Enter the Clones of Bruce, which I started producing over seven years ago. And, and we traveled all around the world and, you know, on a subject that as a kid is what I, you know, what, how I cut my teeth on filmmaking was watching all these Kung Fu films and specifically the Bruce Lee exploitation films. And so we made a we made a documentary on it. And I have a you know I've, I've had a book that I've been working on and off for over ten years that um, is just on the verge of publishing. And I'm so this 2024 is going to be a big year for those fans of uh, Bruce Lee exploitation and kung fu movies in general. Uh, but the release on home video for it will be I think in April. I think they're going to announce it in uh, January coming up. And it's going to be a pretty big event that I'm, I'm helping with many supplemental features and documentaries we're doing. It's going to, it's going to be big. It's going to be pretty a big Kung Fu release. So I'm, I am excited about that. And, um, I, uh, I've been, uh, I actually did a few other, uh, did a few scripts that are being looked at right now that I'm really hoping one of them is going to kick in. When we tried to pull some money, some extra money together actually on the subject of Bruce Ploitation, I have a uh, action sort of comedy uh, film about these ex-triad people that get uh, uncovered in, in living in America. And, and I wanted to bring out all of these 1970s actors like Angela Mao Ying, Dragon Lee, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lai, and Don Wong Dao and bring them all out to play the leads in this film. But it's just been a real you know trouble to raise the money to get all the visas done and the travel and everything. So I'm hoping I'm going to get to do this movie with these guys. It's called, um, it's called The House of Fangs. And, um, and then, um, I, you know, been talking, you know, talked a little bit last year to Scott Atkins. I got a couple of scripts that I told him I had written that one I was going to do for myself, but one I was going to just kind of wrote for somebody, you know, just in general, I thought both of them he'd be good for. So I'm, I'm hoping to, um, get him interested in one of them. And then, uh, I'm, uh, just going to keep on cranking and, you know, I got some roles coming up. It'll be fun, but you know, otherwise it's uh, more of the same, my man, more of the same. Hopefully Dolph and I have got another film to do one of these days. So, Yeah, yeah, well, and you still have your hands, or perhaps I should say your feet in the action genre, it sounds, right? Yeah, like you're, you're still practicing the martial arts uh, on a regular oh, every basis, day. right? On my way now to do a little workout, yeah. Good for you, good for you, man. Well, thank you so, so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Um, obviously, I'm really looking forward to this film. We'll finally get to see it on January 19th, courtesy of Quiver Entertainment. Uh, Mr. Worth, thank you again, man. I appreciate it. You bet, buddy. Good talking with you. 